I call this the, um, the paradox of the gospel. If we try to hold on to our life, we lose everything. If we lose our life for Christ, we save it. So this is, uh, life is all about figuring out what life is all about, isn't it? It's, it's, we, we find ourselves here on earth without knowing exactly how we got here. We have to be educated. And each of us is given a certain period of time to figure it out. In, in the gospel today, Jesus, there are several of these stories of the same incident. And now we learn that Jesus and the disciples are praying and, and perhaps they're, they're talking together afterward. And he speaks to them first about who people think he is. And then he gives them the million-dollar question, and suddenly everything's on the line. Just like our lives, suddenly, just like that, uh, it's the moment of truth. Will I, will I hold up under fire in a, in a difficult situation with my faith? And Peter's the one that gets the answer right, and so he becomes the leader of the apostles. That was the Holy Spirit speaking to him. But then, after talking to the Twelve and whoever else was there, but his inner circle... Then he looks up and he says to everyone, notice Luke, who's a Gentile, is now pulls the page up to, to his audience. He's writing for a congregation now. And he says, to all, Jesus says, if you want to be my follower, I'm going to give you a cross and you've got to pick it up. And that's, your, that's the best thing I can give you. And if you, if you throw it down, you're going to lose it. If you pick it up, you get to keep it forever. And um, so we have this, this paradox. Three years ago, I was looking over my notes this week. I don't always do that, but I wanted to see what I said three years ago about this. And uh, I did have some notes. And it, was, it reminded me, I've told this story before. I remember my mother, grandmother, when I was in my 20s, she uh, used to invest, anybody remember T-bills? Does anybody still invest in these things? She, the, the, she was, I think she, I believe, I was, I was entering a monastery, so I was a very un, unworldly person. I had no money anyway. But, uh, but she was investing in T-bills, and she she invested in six-month T-bills, and she was complaining because 18% interest was not enough. <laughs> Some of you remember this, right? Yeah. Now, somebody after Mass was telling me they felt so fortunate because they found a 1%. <laughs> My mother would have died if she'd have heard that. That we'd be happy to get 1%? Well, I say this because I think our Lord would have used this kind of example. We're in a, in a weird situation. Three years ago, uh, what I wrote was that some banks, some bonds are, are underwater. I didn't even know what that meant three years ago, but it you know, means that you basically pay the bank to hold your money. Um, your money is, if, if we don't take risks with finances, we begin to lose money. Uh, Inflation evaporates it. We have to take risks with our lives in the same way. Everybody understands this. We all need money, but only while we're here. Christ wants us to invest in things that, looking forward uh, in long-term planning, what is going to be valuable in the world to come where we're going to live forever. And by coming here, we get some insights as to the paradox of what does best in the long run for God. And Jesus, they get the right answer. Hopefully we have the right answer that we know that Jesus is the Christ. We know that we need him and that he is, he's our savior. And he says, well, if you know this, I'm going to give you a cross to bear. Don't throw it down because that's your key to heaven. Your particular little cross is the thing that you've shared with me on earth. It may not look like anything very holy, but it's your cross. And 
I want you to be holding it so that we have something in common forever. You know, we don't want to throw our cross down because we don't like it, we're mad about it. Well, we do that. That's called sin. But then it says, if you hold on to life and don't give anything away, you lose everything. That's called not investing. And the Lord doesn't appreciate that. So we also had a week in which there were some very odd things that occurred uh, between the 815 and the 1030 Mass. Last week, somebody came up to me and said, told me about the shootings in Orlando. It must have, it must have been the, the night before or, the, or what it, it was 2 a.m. Of, of Sunday morning last week. And, uh, of course, I hadn't heard a thing. So we prayed for them at the 1030 Mass. Then I went home and looked it up. Then we have the story of the alligator, which I will not repeat, but which has been on most of our minds. You go to Disneyland hoping to have fun. You know, who hasn't been to Disneyland here? Uh, I've been to Disney World, too. Um, and I can't remember Disney World being like this, but Disneyland is built slightly below ground with a berm around it so that, theoretically, you can't see out while you're in there. We want to be in a fantasy. We, we pay good money to see a fantasy, don't we? We go to a movie so that we can zone out for a couple of hours or whatever, you know. Uh, and, you know, Jesus enjoyed this too. He went to his, with his friends and he had wine, so much so that people called him a wine bibber, you know. So he wasn't against having a good time. And we go to these places, but, but the, one of the questions that I read this somewhere and it sticks in my mind is, do I have a Disneyland Jesus view of life? That, that God is, got, is only going to give me green pastures, that if anything goes wrong and my prayers aren't answered right away, they, either I sinned or my parents sinned or God doesn't love me or I'm not worthy or, oh, the heck with it, or he's not there. To, you know, pick your answer. Uh, I'm tired of waiting. In fact, that's the exact opposite. That's a Disneyland, Jesus. And I think sometimes, as awful as some of these stories have been, coming from that part of the world this week, it reminds us that life isn't Disneyland. Uh, that's heaven, and we're not in heaven. We're here to go through something, and it's not always very pleasant. But Christ also had a life that at one point was not very pleasant. Um, he did have 30 years of relative peace, for all we know, prior to the wedding at Cana, and then from there on, he became more and more famous and more and more of a danger to the ruling regime who finally decided to take him out rather than change their lives. Um, so Jesus offers us this opportunity to see life as it is. Yeah, I find this very difficult in practice to deny oneself daily. It, what it amounts to is small. Most of us don't have many opportunities to make big sacrifices. I always think of somebody that has died and you've been there for them or, or um, trusting God when things aren't going really well, an illness or, or, uh, or deciding to become a lector here or something where you're, you're really nervous or, or, you know, big things. But uh, little things are where most of the advantages are. You know, allowing someone to walk in the door first, uh, you know, traffic is stopped on commercial, um, and we let somebody in. We notice they're, they're those are small sacrifices, and it comes back in spades. It's part of its tithing. A lot of its tithing are time, and just having making room for people that are that are placed in our path, and God notices all of it. Um, that's why it's great to, when we come to church. We hear these. The, the author and creator of our world and of ourselves is telling us what's important to him. 
And that's really great to know because otherwise we can get lost in a world that thinks that happiness is having a 100-inch ultra-high-D television set. If anybody's got one, you won't, you'll, you'll be looking for something else next year. It's never enough. There's always something new. And that's because we're eternal beings in a temporal body looking for the eternal and we can't find it on earth because it doesn't exist. We are not meant to live here forever. And this is not Disneyland, although it's nice to visit. So Christ tells us, if you know who I am, I had to suffer greatly. I may give you something to do. And it will involve a cross at some point in your life, but you take it up each day. Every time you lose your life for me, you save it. Every time you keep it for yourself, you lose it. So that's the paradox that we live with, but it's also the key to understanding almost all that God is doing in our lives. Uh, Once we understand it's a paradox, we begin to see heaven as it really is, and everything starts to come into view with the right pair of glasses.